that day we were able to be discharged from the hospital mm. and to home we are now <laughs> it begin we are now the real <laughs> the real tough journey begins cause for sure it's really tough hi guys what's up uh, welcome to another episode of cafe construct your go to podcast for tips to achieve success in the kenyan construction industry your host to, for today is uh, bamo and i'm joined by a very good friend of mine and his name is Samuel Mburu who's a special planner a physical planner and uh, he's the principal consultant for Chris so Sami tell me more about um, yourself tell me more about your profession uh, what do you do okay thank you very much Brenda um really happy to be on this platform as you've rightly introduced me my name is Samuel Mburu I'm a registered physical planner currently practicing in Kenya East and Central Africa and with a vision to go global I practice with a consulting firm called Grace Spatial Planning and Consulting Associates I sit in that firm as the principal consultant and so far we've been fortunate enough to undertake a few projects uh, successfully and some that are still in progress most of them within Kenya across the various counties Yeah, that's practically it. Okay, yeah, thank you so much. So, um, like you know, I trained as a physical planner, so I may have a bit of background of what you do on a day-to-day basis. Basis. But I want to kind of get a sense of how how intense your job is. Are you required to travel all the time? Uh, do you just like work in the office, especially now with corona, like how does the, how does that work? Are you in the house all the time? Okay. Our work is quite intensive as you well know physical planning is all about land and land development so most of the time we we are working in the office and out of office 60% of our time in the various projects that we are engaged in is spent in the field where the work is happening and then just about 30 to 40% happening within the office and that is now the report writing and and such stuff so Our work for sure is quite intensive. We mostly deal with communities because as we as we make land use land use plans, uh we we are mandated by the procuring entities or government agencies per se to actually give or prepare plans that are responsive to the community needs and in that uh, regard we are mostly out there engaging communities as to the best kind of land use proposals. or how they would wish development to take place within their specific localities in the short run and long run so most of the time we are not mostly in our work desks but we are out there wherever the work is that's basically it brenda so actually the reason listeners why i'm getting deep into sami's background is because today i want us to talk about fatherhood and i want us to link this fatherhood to um work or like a career or professional background so you you already had our mom's episode and today we want to hear from uh, a, a father what it's like to work and also um, be a dad so as you well know this is modern day and things have changed a bit and Sam is going to like tell us how this has changed so Sami you've mentioned how demanding your job is so I'm going to get into how this is 
like affecting your home life or how you've been able to handle your home life as well uh because i'm sure like most fathers these days want to be like very involved so let me not speak for you but maybe let's start from the beginning how did you find out you're going to be a dad and how did you even feel about that <laughs> interesting question brenda if i may go back to where we started on the bit of uh introduction i forgot to say um i'm married uh to a beautiful wife only one wife and we are blessed with a with a kid a daughter who is now 2.8 almost three years old so getting back to your question it was an interesting turn of events the mode of delivery of the news wasn't as straightforward as you would imagine uh, because we were just living with my wife as a boyfriend and girlfriend but we we were well introduced to to both our families through the various traditional rites but we were known to be living together when my wife discovered she she was pregnant i think none of us were were rightly prepared for it or rather we hadn't planned that at that specific time we were planning to have a child but as you know god's timing is the best and so at first i was also shocked but since from 2015 uh we had already decided that ours for the was for the long run i embraced the news mm. and we had a we had a moment of silence for about 30 minutes <laughs> no speaking to each other <laughs> we just they are silent i was just trying to grasp the news then after like an hour of silence i just would look this is the best news ever and now it seems we we will be parents so the last two years as much as we've been able to be together i think now this is the highest time to formalize things really officially uh, because now we we are expecting a child together and the best thing we can be is be traditionally married as husband and wife and that we now be living together the news of the pregnancy wasn't really released to the society by then but okay. we made our parents know okay. that we were expecting and yeah. yeah but i like your response you know once you've been blessed with the baby mm-hmm. like how you just took time mm-hmm. that first time when you find out you're pregnant yeah mm-hmm. you take time to think through because you realize a lot has changed in a moment everything has changed and now you're bringing yeah, the world yeah a lot has changed mm. and really like how you take time to think and you both decide okay this is how we're going to to do it so i like you've also mentioned that you didn't release the news to society at that time only your parents knew as you're going through your traditional rites of passage so this takes me back to you know when when for example a woman finds out they're pregnant it will show you know eventually it shows so yeah eventually yeah let me just keep it at when it shows it shows if it doesn't show actually nobody has to find out for now so i'm curious yeah. on your side as a man so the family eventually all everyone got gets to know what about at work did you even um tell anyone about it for the first time or did you just wait it out until because nobody sees nobody has to know how did it work for that where i used to work then it was a small office 
so the the colleagues I used to work with were, were just a few in number. And by default, as we planned our traditional marriage, uh, those became more or less to say de, de facto friends to be invited to that ceremony. And also, uh, again, just to say in that office, uh, as much as in Kenya, we, we are supposed to observe the other gender rule. Uh, it's a male dominated office. Uh, in an office of eight, uh, we just had about one lady, and you can imagine the other seven were men. And so it was easy conversing with these men, considering about five of them are already married. And for sure, as I invited them for my traditional marriage, I, I, I told these guys that I was to join them in that club of fatherhood, uh, because most of them are fathers. And so for them, they knew. And the only thing they could do was be happy for me and encourage me and immediately get into this role of advisory where I started receiving all kinds of advice. Uh, it was interesting. And uh, some testimonies from them were scary. And I didn't even know if I was ready for, <laughs> for that. Uh, but others were comforting and encouraging and uh, I thought fatherhood was, uh, uh, was, to, was going to be a very good, but still tough, but good uh, journey. And I really embraced it through, the, through living in the testimonies of, of these, of these uh, gents. Mm. Of course, uh, outside the office, I also have a few friends, male friends, who I also told and who I also invited to that ceremony. Yeah. So within my close circle of friends, I actually broke the information or the news to them as soon as the week, as soon as the weekend, the next weekend after after I knew that we were expecting a child. Yeah. I couldn't keep the news. It was good <laughs> so, news. Because, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was good news for me. So I was, I was excited and I made people know, family, and the friends close to me, I made them know. Okay, yeah. so that changes the situation a bit because then your workmates were also your friends, so uh, you 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 told them basically that you were expecting. Yes. Yeah, and what about your boss? Yeah, uh, uh, I came to tell my boss about two, two months later. Okay, most of the things happened uh, because now. The traditional marriage that we were planning, of course, now I had to inform the boss that on such and such a, a week, I might be unavailable because I'll be planning my uh, traditional wedding. So as a fact, uh, the boss has to ask you, oh, uh, you never told us, you, is it so soon? Uh, you've never seen your woman. <laughs> or rather you've seen her as a girlfriend. And so uh, through such a conversation, of course, now uh, such talk comes up. And uh, because we had planned our traditional marriage two months after I, I got the news that we were expecting a, a child, of course, now within the two months, that, that's when I informed my boss. And he also, being the good gentleman he is, he also sat me down for over 30 minutes, talked stuff to me about family, how to be, how to be a man, how now I had become a, a full man, 
as if as if I wasn't, but I was. But uh, he he really gave me comforting words and good words of encouragement and advice. And of course, I, I got the week off, and uh, they really supported me through the process uh, as an office, and they expressed open arms me in case of any need they let me know that uh, that was a place of people i could always count on including my boss wow that's interesting to know that i don't it just sounds so different you know from your perspective that you felt comfortable to talk to your your boss and have a whole discussion about it maybe it's because you have a, a close relationship maybe i don't know people find it so weird to talk to their bosses about these issues so for the for the um, last so that was the past nine months well the first nine months and then now you find out okay tomorrow probably yes. is going to be the d day congratulations so when i want to figure out like did yeah. you what did you have a bad plan with your wife like um i'm going to be uh, the one in the delivery room alone or <clears throat> i'm going to be part of it because this is also my child <clears throat> And then also now, after you've told your boss that I'm going to, the baby has come, did he say, okay, take the parental leave? It's mandated, but I know some people don't give because they expect men to, you know, you're not going to do anything at home. Why are you taking, apparently, that's mm. it. So like, how did that work mm. for you? Okay. Uh, <laughs> Brenda, it is a long, long, long story. I, but let me try to compress it. Yeah. Now that we are we are bound by time on this platform, so now again through the few visits that we we had made, uh, we had this conversation of whether we wanted to have a normal delivery or a CS. We had mutually agreed uh, uh, that. So now on this Tuesday, uh, we had decided that I was to be with her in the delivery room. But when we went to the hospital that morning, uh, as she was being taken to the uh, for operation, I was informed that it's the hospital policy that a man will never be in the delivery room uh, because of an incident that had happened, I think, one year before. So they made it a hospital policy that uh, for every delivery, a man will always be outside, but in the next room, so on that day, we went to the hospital. I was with the sister to my wife, and we saw her off as she was being uh, taken to the delivery room, and uh, we were shown where to wait. 15 minutes, 10 to 15 minutes, looked or seemed like two or three hours uh, because <laughs> we were really anxious. Uh, very anxious, by the way. But finally, the nurse came, called out my name, and I was told everything has been successful. I was shown the baby, and for sure, something something happens, and you just know that that is your kid. Oh. And you just see her or him, and, and for sure, you realize this is my blood. So I was given the chance to go be with the baby for about 15 minutes in the nursery. Uh, but of course, at that point, you know, you can just observe her. You can't really touch her. She is in that cubicle. Yeah. Cutting cubicle. You could just look at her. And 
it was it was a good 15 minutes uh time i'll never forget well, i that's... took some videos i still have them mm. and i always show them to her mm. but of course she hasn't, she hasn't come of age to know exactly what what those are yeah but it was a beautiful moment then thereafter we were able to me and the sister were able to join my wife in the ward rooms we spent two nights yeah i think that day we were able to be discharged from the hospital mm. and to home we are now <laughs> it begins we are now the real <laughs> the real tough journey begins cause for sure it's really tough paternity of course was already granted a month with flexibility of even up to two months wow but now here we are at home i have a wife who is very weak uh, by the fact that she she just had a, a very sensitive operation of course i know mothers who've gone through cs would understand and even the fathers who have had their wives go through a cs would understand so uh, this is where now the journey begins the two days that we stayed in the hospital i was shown by the nurses how to take care of the mom like she wasn't supposed to bend or lift heavy objects also i was shown how to to wash the baby and how to take care of what is it called that yeah umbilic ah yeah exactly mm. so shown how to wash uh, around that area and and to wash the baby generally so now here we are the only person who knows how to do that in this family is me uh because and 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 i know because i know you are a mother uh you know how tiny babies look uh during those uh, first first few days mm. they normally look very weak they normally look vulnerable and <laughs> yeah we are uh, and the only person who knows how to take care of this kid is me mm-hmm. so now we split we split roles with the sister i was given the deferred role of uh tendering or taking care of the baby 100% and that goes with the washing the cleaning around that area changing of diapers wiping her the way she's supposed to be wiped and dressing her i that became my cardinal responsibility for now the sister assisted as with the other household uh, cause including cooking uh, you know all the other related cause washing yeah all those are and my primary duty was just on the kid so brenda <laughs> two weeks into it <laughs> we got a house help uh good thing is the first house help that we we actually got was a mother who was also kind of like she knew how she could do it but now at this time is when also wife wasn't really comfortable to have the baby being taken care of by in court and court a stranger uh, because we just uh, she just come to our house at that point as a father is when honestly you are really fatigued and you just want to go back to work you just want to cancel that paternity leave you just want to go back to work <laughs> because you don't want to be around the house mm-hmm. because i think the duties were were mind torturing and you know as a man you're not mostly used to being in the house and now here you are every day for the last two weeks waking up at night 
being with a baby the whole day, you know, yeah. changing diapers, washing a baby, you're just there in the house. So I, I was kind of feeling uh, mentally depressed mm. in a way, and I was just ready to go back to work. Actually, I was eager to go back to work and mm. uh, just let things be, have, a, have this new lady assist the wife uh, in taking care of the kid. But at that time, it's when wife says, no, uh, I'm not ready to have someone else take care of the baby. What do we do? Uh, let me learn the ways from you, because I was the only one who knew how to take care of that kid. Let me learn the ways from you. Uh, so it took about two days just to, to take my wife through that uh, short training. And as soon as I had the first instinct that she was now ready i was back at work <laughs> feeling better yeah <laughs> and now that is where now actually the real life started because at work i'm being asked haven't you come back too soon mm. uh, and i'm there saying i'm totally like <laughs> Uh, it was a task for you. It was a heavy task. Uh, and honestly, I think at that point is is when you start understanding some of the pressures ladies, what call single ladies, go through when, <clears throat> when they don't get the kind of support that they would expect from a man. Mm. Uh, because I could feel the struggle personally. So I can only imagine those very long nights uh, because for the first say three for three months more to say actually yeah for the first three months uh we could both wake up when the baby wakes up at night like our schedules were similar mine and the mother's yeah our schedules were similar the baby wakes up we both wake up she needs any kind of support uh pillow support you know those more small things the baby was breastfed. You're not doing the bottle feedings yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The baby was uh, breastfed actually mm. for for quite a long time. Yeah. So now through this period, I the three months period, I could uh, give my wife uh, all the support. Yeah. Uh, so also at work, I was a bit flexible. There are days I could go. There are days I couldn't because there are, there are days you almost don't sleep at night. And so those were some of the days I, I just couldn't make it work. It's funny you mentioned that. I was just going to ask, like, sleepless nights, how did that go and work? Or did you go to work? Because you said you went back immediately. And I know babies cry yes. sometimes the whole yeah. night. So, yeah, I went back to work immediately. But now I had these flexible, flexible days, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Because those sleepless nights, as you've rightly mentioned, were many. And there's no way you can go to the office and work as a zombie if you haven't slept the whole night. So most of those days, I, I never showed up at work and uh, my boss was uh, very understanding. But for sure, after the third month, I think now I was fully back at work, like now on a daily basis, that now during these days that I'm now fully back at work, I stopped getting the sleepless nights. Doesn't mean that the baby stopped crying the baby would still be a baby as she should be but i never heard the noise i could just wake up yeah i could find a a very sleepy lady next to me the following morning 
she could say she has woken up more than seven times. And you did not hear? And I could just be there. I, I honestly didn't hear mm. <laughs> a sound. Mm. Yeah, and now that that became uh, the story of our life because she was uh, on leave herself for seven months. Okay, good. Mm. Six and a half months. At least I had an excuse. They look for, for a way to have this family floating. Yeah. So I have to work. At least you you have your seven months leave. <laughs> so maybe uh, maybe um getting too tired. That's why I never hear a sound. But of course, sometimes I could be woken up. <laughs> mm. I couldn't hear the child cry, but I could be woken up. To help her. Uh, mm. Wow. I'm here supporting everywhere I can. Mm. Uh, when I come from work between 5 and 10 p.m., I'm there with them, I'm there with the baby. I get sleepy. I could request. Actually, I, I think during those, the first eight months, I could request, are you okay now? Can I go, you know? Mm. I don't go sleep. Is everything okay? Because most of the times I, I, would, I would leave them still awake. Mm. Uh, then I... Most other times they would join me, and for some reason, I again, as I said, you just sleep as a man, you never hear these cries again. Mamas have a specific ear for the for that night cry that even the baby moves just yeah. a, you can hear it. Yeah, hey, but now, like now, you can testify, mm. like, um, being even if it's a single dad or a single mom. I also usually really give props to them because sometimes you've not slept the whole night. The baby is there yep. and wants to eat. So like you've mentioned that from mm. 5, 5 p.m. after work to 10 p.m. you help. What kind of things would you, were you doing for the mom like when you have time from work? Okay. You remember I mentioned I was very experienced in cleaning the baby. Yeah. So uh, most of the times after work, uh, I could just again take care of the baby. You change the diapers. I could try feed her. Okay, now this is the period after winning, after the six months. I was taught how to win, so sometimes I could assist with that, feed her kidogo. But mostly it was just about holding the baby. I know uh, it may not sound as a big deal of it, but trust me, it's a big deal. It's mm-hmm. a big deal, holding just, just holding the baby for two, three hours straight. Mm-hmm. Holding her, rocking her, you know? Yeah. Uh, just to give the mother time to. Sometimes I would just come in, hold her, and she would, she would go to sleep. Exactly. And she would sleep from five p.m. until nine. Mm. So through this period, we, uh, I'm just the one there holding the baby and all that. And to me, as much as it may not sound as help, trust me, uh, for those who've been through that uh, experience, that's a great deal. It's a great deal of help, and that's what I used to do. Yeah, and then also it gives you time with your baby, like to bond with your baby. Yeah, to bond also for her to know you. Because uh, funny enough, instinctively these little babies at that tender age, it's like they know you by smell. Mm. Then from about seven months, they know you really by who you are because the eyes can really see you and they start just getting, getting used to you completely. Yeah. To a point that you will find them uh, resisting being held by other people completely. 
Mm. Uh, and you'll be there wondering, this very small uh, person, how are they able to differentiate who is holding me? Yeah. But you'll be surprised that they actually know you. And that is the most uh, critical phase where real bonding actually comes in. Mm. Uh, because I think for me and my and my daughter, that's when we really bonded. And from then, we are really, really cool friends. Mm, exactly. Like that time is very precious. Do you, I, you know, remember when I asked you, like, how demanding your job is? How has that changed? How did fatherhood affect your work? No, no, no. Fatherhood. Maybe it's work that affected my mm. <laughs> fatherhood affecting work. Okay, yeah, both of them go together. So now, okay. yeah, our work is very demanding. Most of the times we, we would actually be out of out of town. By out of town, I mean out of where we live, uh, or out of Nairobi area. And we'd be gone for a week, two weeks, sometimes three weeks, sometimes even up to a month. And for sure, these were heavy times for both of us. Like for any time when I needed to travel out of town, I of course I would inform my, my wife. We will discuss about it if it's at all, if it was a lengthy uh, out of town trip. I would I would be would be obliged, or it was like an unwritten agreement that every weekend I have to be home uh, because when we are out uh, when we are working uh, out of town, we normally work on weekdays. Then we have weekends. Saturdays and Sundays to ourselves, wherever we are. And so these Saturdays and Sundays, as an unwritten rule, I was made to be at home. So come on Saturday morning, travel back on Sunday evening, just to, again, go back to where you're working to proceed with work. So you can realize, also, this was kind of strenuous to me uh, because other times before I was a father, that wouldn't have been an issue. Like you'd spend the whole month long out of town work trip uh, without really inconveniencing your weekends or having this very heavy activity during weekends. But now as a father, these are the sacrifices you make because you'd work Monday to Friday, Saturdays and Sundays. I have to be at home just as a way of still showing the support that really you know your your wife needs and also as a way of ensuring the bond remains and of course missing them uh, because sometimes you also realize as a, as a father or as a first-time dad you get so attached to your family uh, somehow and you have these uh, moments of really missing them when you are away from them and so this is how I try to balance work and fatherhood. I think that support is critical. And for me, the small sacrifices I would make uh, then would be those small trips to be with them on weekends, go back, uh, lengthy phone calls, of course. Uh, you could work Monday the whole day and you could uh, speak to them until around 11 p.m. Sometimes you are just on phone, no one is talking because the mother is here very busy with the kid. So you're just hanging there on the line, just listening to background activities. They will be there with you the next moment. They will say, oh, you are still there, yeah, but you have to be there. Yeah, you have <laughs> so to be there. yeah, you just have to be there. And 
to me, that is mostly how I try to balance out to balance out things. Mm. For real, uh, Brenda, it isn't as easy. And uh, from the further perspective, it can be seen as physical absence, as not supporting. But trust me, with those little things, to me, I, I felt like I was still emotionally attached to them, and I felt like that was my token of support. Uh, in that, so that uh, just as a way of trying to balance out things, working. Working for family. Mm. Yeah, and this also happens since uh, in the line of work, even as a woman, we still have to travel, and finding that yeah. time is very, very critical. So I like that you've mentioned to fathers how they can manage that time, especially that with now technology, you can be on the video. I also used to do that sometimes, like um, even with just close family. When, I, when I'm away, I just put on the video and watch you as you do your own things. <laughs> when you watch me as I do my own things, yeah. you know, it makes you feel that we can do the technology. You know, like, what did your workmen mm. think? Like, when they see you after work, you know, when you're single, you could go out and mingle with friends, but you're taking that time to be on yeah. a WhatsApp call or, or a video call. What did What were the small, what is the work? Mm you've ever heard of the best comment you've ever had? I can't remember of a comment really because I kind of have an understanding wife so mostly I think I could balance out stuff mm. like I could you know when you're out of work you know the only time you you like now would hang out with your colleagues who you are working with is still on the same weekends that I'm now away mm. Uh, most of them, as I said when I, when, I, when I was starting, is that most of them are family men, very understanding, and also very responsible husbands because I know them. So most of them would really understand, and uh, you'd be surprised to know that some of the time they are the ones who would remind me. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I, I am getting that you should be hanging out around parents as yourself. Yeah. So as we, we're almost wrapping up, but I want to ask you a random question because you're a family man. Um, I know, Shoot. yeah, this could be very random, but let me ask you, what three things that you think about the most each day? So for me, the one thing, maybe let me do one and then you can do that. One thing I think about um, most of the time is how I will be able to like um, pay school fees. So I always think about like uh, my investing or saving enough for school fees because that's going to be 18 plus years or even like 24 years, who knows? So I'm always thinking about that. Okay. For me, honestly, one of the things that is really on top of my mind every morning is I told you now I manage my own consultancy. Yeah. And as a, as a director or principal consultant in that consultancy, one of the things very critical to me almost every day, almost on a normal basis, how to improve on the projects that we are tasked with to make sure that there is value for money or we give our clients value for their money. Uh, because I, I see this consultancy as a backbone to, to the quality of life I would want to give to my family. So it's like my bread and butter. So I think of it also as a, as a young child that needs to be nurtured yeah. so that we really deliver and get the money 
that we need because I, I think everything revolves around finances and you realize that especially now when you're in a family and a family setting and bills crop up every day you have bills and bills and bills and you realize at some point some are bills that you can't uh, say no to yeah. so for me because or tasked with the responsibility of the bill bearer in this family uh, then I only look forward to every day thinking about how I can make more money <laughs> honestly yeah. I think it's always about morning every morning yeah. uh, but with a with the thought of uh, this money translating to quality of life to my kids now revolving around everything that you can think of yeah a good education for these people comfortable house etc etc mm. wow well, okay. so every day, every day you may you may find me speaking about uh the work that i do uh and how much we we can improve always give value for money for who we engage with yeah when you become a parent things change in your brain <laughs> start thinking different yeah so like Absolutely. let me ask you yeah let me ask you the last one what would you tell a father out there so you know the um notions people have about fatherhood especially in our our setting so what would you say to a father somebody who's just found out they're going to be a father would you tell them to think about how to help in the family or um, just generally? One thing I would tell any father, irrespective of age, for sure, we are very special people in families because most of the time, greatest percentage of all the fathers have the sole responsibility of giving direction to the family. Giving direction all-rounded, that means being the moral teacher, being the moral cop, being the moral campus, of that family, the direction we would wish that family to, to grow in. A father, of course, I've said is almost by default the bill bearer for every family. A father also has the responsibility of uh, you owe your wife, you owe your, your kids uh, love and a lot of love. What I'll tell any father is bearing in mind that sometimes the society doesn't treat us very well <laughs> uh, because most of the times if you if you speak to people and especially young people who are just getting kids for the first time most of the time you will hear them say that fathers actually choose when to be a parent or they just become convenient parents but most of the responsible fathers out there know that this is not actually true uh, because i think every father wherever they are in that <clears throat> sole responsibility of being the direction or being the the person who holds the ultimate responsibility of that family uh, tries the best they can so every every father out there the only thing i could tell them is to be the best they can always be provide and never stop providing for your family that is like a gospel you it's even anchored on the bible provision however way you can provide provide materially provide emotionally provide uh, in any other way, uh, because that has to be your responsibility. If you fail in that, I think you stop becoming a father. You become like any other man. If you succeed in that, you become the best uh, part of a father that you can be. So continue trying, continue doing your best, continue being who you are and love your lives. 
you show contempt to your wife, uh, chances are you may bring up a dysfunctional family, which again uh, will have future repercussions. And most of these repercussions, we see them in the kids. Where love exists, and you are the one to love first, because you are the one who should love so that your wife commits, and then uh, you should do exactly that, love and provide. Mm. And everything goes, uh, goes in the right way. Yeah. Okay. That's it, Brenda. Thank you, Sami, for your um, words of advice. I like that you said provide in material things and provide emotionally. Material is a part, but also emotionally, definitely is there. So I want to thank you so much for joining me today, Sami. Um, and thank you guys for listening uh, to our show today. Remember to always figure out what you want and then work diligently towards it. Today we talked about fatherhood, so figure out what kind of father you want to be and work towards it diligently, like be the role model that you want your kid to grow up to be. So um, make sure to follow us on our uh, socials, our Instagram page, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn. Also remember to like and also give us feedback anywhere. Sami, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much and have a good afternoon. Have a good afternoon. Bye-bye.